Hello and welcome back to our series on the names and attributes of God. This is going to be another combined lesson, lessons 9 and 10. And um, as we go through, I'm going to tell you why we need to merge them together. Um, probably as we close lesson 9 and begin lesson 10, I'll give you that explanation. Uh, we're going to begin today with lesson 9, God the Righteous God. Um, I want to open up with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into our content. Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we do step into your presence. We come before you, Lord God, knowing that you alone um, are Lord over our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we can take the time to not only look at what your word says about you, but to to see how you want to speak to us through your word, what you want to uh, implant into our hearts, Lord God, that we would bring these things into our daily lives and, and come to greater understanding of who you are. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that you would touch each person that's been listening into this. I pray that their walk with you would only draw closer and closer. Father, with each passing moment, that we would uh, learn something new about you and, and learn to apply it in our lives. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch their ears and ready them to receive this word, touch their hearts, make them receptive. Anoint my lips to speak, Lord God, that whoever is listening in would get the impact, not of my voice, but of the voice of the Holy Spirit. Father, that, that these people would come to know you just as you've known them. I thank you and I give you praise in the name of Jesus and all God's children said, amen. Well, let's start looking at lesson nine, God, the righteous God. And I want to start here by recalling God's desire. Okay, so if you go back to Genesis uh, and, and you begin in chapter one and you just start reading, you see that God has a desire to fellowship with mankind, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's the garden plan. And so God went through the creation process, created man, created a garden for mankind and God to walk together, be together, fellowship, right? Well, if you continue reading and you get to chapter three of Genesis, something happens, right? Um, it's the fall of man. It was that bite of the fruit from the tree, which we were told, don't you touch that tree. But the serpent came along and got in our heads, right? So because of the fall of man, that, des that, that desire that God had to fellowship with us requires something now that it originally might not have. Don't get me wrong. God knew, okay? There's there's nothing that God doesn't know. And so God knew when he created Adam and Eve and put them in the Garden of Eden that they would sin. He knew already that he would need to send Jesus as the atoning sacrifice for all of humanity in order for humanity to have the same relationship with God. Okay, so it's it's not a secret. Um, it, it was never a secret to God. Sometimes when we explain it, though, it seems like, well, God didn't know that that was going to happen, and 
so it accidentally happened and then God had to make a new plan and that plan was Jesus. Jesus was the plan all along because God knew all along that mankind would fall short. Okay, so that's Genesis 3 where we find the fall of man. There's a result of the fall of man that we read about later in the New Testament in Romans 3.23. says this, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen? Of course. Um, I, wanna, I want you to take a moment and just don't beat yourself up here, but small, small and quick self-examination. What are some of your shortcomings? Okay, we all have them, obviously. Scripture says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, you know, maybe it was the little white lie that you told um, yesterday to get out of a speeding ticket or, uh, you know, whatever it may be. It, the, the possibilities are endless. Just reflect for a minute uh, as, as we continue through this and say, you know, what are, what are some of my shortcomings? As you process through that, and, and again, don't beat yourself up by going too deep there, because remember that God is sufficient for uh, forgiveness and, and all of that. I want you to proclaim this. Yes, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's in Scripture. Since it's in Scripture, we can't deny it. But this proclamation is also in Scripture. It comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. And I want you to say this out loud. As soon as I say it, just repeat it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Repeat that. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Repeat it one more time. I don't think you believed yourself the first time. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does that mean to us? That means that, yes, we have sinned. We have fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus, Jesus did something that changed the entire course of history. Jesus did something that changed the entire course of the entire world by laying down his life, by, by bearing all of our sin on the cross and washing us in his shed blood, we become righteous in the eyes of God. Okay? So you have to know this. Those who live their lives without Christ are not righteous in the eyes of God. But once you're washed in the blood of the Lamb, God, now, and hear me out here, God no longer sees the sinner. He sees the blood of his Son washed over you, making you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is not a license to sin. That is not a license to sin. Let me make that perfectly, perfectly, perfectly clear. We get in trouble sometimes whenever we look at this statement and, and we see, okay, I'm saved. I walk with Jesus. I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. 
I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can do what I want. Wrong. Don't go there. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You must still abide by what God says is right and what God says is wrong. It's not, grace and mercy are not the license to sin. Okay? So it's it's so important for us to have this knowledge. We look at the name of God, God our righteousness, the God who is righteous, and in the Hebrew that is Jehovah Sidkenu. Jehovah, J-E-H, O-V-A-H, Sidkenu, silent T, S-I-D-K-E-N-U, Jehovah Sidkenu. Okay, we pair that with an attribute of God, his righteousness. Okay, so in, in this case, his name and his attribute match one another perfectly. And his all, all, of, all of the names of God tell of his attributes and vice versa. His attributes tell of his names. In some situations, such as this one, they match. So God is called the righteous God. Why? He can do no wrong. He is always right with man. Okay? When we look at the name Jehovah Sidkenu and, and we want to uh, pray to God our righteousness, the reason that we would call on his name Jehovah Sidkenu, God my righteousness, is in essence, uh, if you go back to lesson eight, the same reason that we would call on the name Jehovah Mekodeshkem, the Lord who sanctifies, we call on righteousness, God of righteousness, for redemption. Right? Lead me in the path of righteousness. In Psalm 23, what's it say? You lead me in the right paths for your name's sake. His name is Jehovah Sidkenu, God my righteousness. When we look at our righteousness, we see that it's pretty faulty. Okay, we we look at it and we see the the human tendency to human righteousness. In order to be righteous, the definition of righteousness is having right standing between God and man. All right? So if you're living a, a righteous life, which is really difficult, especially without the Lord. Uh, actually, it's impossible without the Lord because the definition says so. If you're living a righteous life, you are in right standing with God and you are in right standing with fellow man as a whole. How many days go by that you might not be in right standing with a fellow man? probably a lot. Why? Because we're human and people make us mad. And sometimes people say things that hurt us and it goes with the old saying, hurting people hurt people. And because we got hurt, now I'm going to turn around and hurt them. And that takes us out of right standing with our fellow man. When we step out of right standing with our fellow man, we step out of right standing with God because God does not want for us to be harmful to other people. God wants us to do right 
by other people. When we do right to other people, we do right unto God. And when we do wrong unto other people, we do wrong unto God. That go that that principle comes from the book of Colossians where it says whatever you do, whether it's in word or in deed, do it all to the glory of God. Okay? Um that that's from Colossians, I believe, in chapter three. And when we when we live our life from that standpoint and we say, God, I want to please you. I want to do everything I do, whether it's word or in deed, to your glory. That's key to righteousness. That's a key to righteous living with a righteous God. Because if you do something truly to God's glory, it's for the greater good. You can't curse someone to God's glory. Amen? You can't... You can't um, you know, be aggressive in nasty nature towards someone to God's glory. You can be compassionate to God's glory. You could even rebuke in righteousness to God's glory, but be careful how you do that because you got to make sure that you're right in that area uh, so that you're not a hypocrite. Because if you're being a hypocrite, then that is not to God's glory. It kind of takes us down kind of a hard cycle. But the point is, with Christ being washed in the blood of the Lamb, we can step in to righteousness. Without Christ, we're still sinners. And sinners aren't righteous, are they? But the moment that we are redeemed, saved by the blood of the Lamb, we step into righteousness. So the life application for this uh, lesson on Jehovah Sidkenu is this. I want you to briefly review your life. Okay, so I, I asked you earlier to reflect quickly on some of your shortcomings. I want you to briefly review your life before you knew Jesus. Key word there is briefly. Okay, don't don't get pulled into the past. But just think about what's changed since you've come to know Jesus. You know, um, sometimes, sometimes when you've grown up in a Christian household, it can be a little bit more difficult to reflect on life before Christ because you realize that Christ was always there, but maybe you can see a path that you were headed to. You were, you were heading the wrong direction, but because you were raised in the Christian household, God stopped you. God got you back on track. Or maybe you weren't raised in a Christian household and you didn't come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ until you were 20, 30, 40, 50 it, 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 and, and so you have all of that life to look back on. Again, don't get caught up in your past in doing this, but just reflect and say, what's changed? I'll tell you what's changed. The blood of the Lamb made you righteous. The blood of the Lamb made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And your journaling exercise for this lesson 
is just to ask the Lord to speak to you about your shortcomings, to bring them to light. So say, Lord, speak to me about my shortcomings. Speak to me about righteousness in my life. That's what I want you to journal on. And again, it's not that I want you to beat yourself up. I don't want you to be hard on yourself. But it's important for us to know that God still sees our shortcomings and still chooses us, still loves us. But it's still our responsibility to recognize the shortcoming, repent, and try to try to get it back on course, okay? So while we're looking at God, our righteousness, we need to look at another name of God. And in this particular name of God is so strong. And this is where the two merge together. We serve a jealous God. Amen. This is this is the point where we're going to merge the two lessons. So this is lesson number 10. There's two types of jealousy. The first one, which is probably the best known, is sinful jealousy. And the second one, which is a little more um, rare, is righteous jealousy. God, our righteousness, Jehovah Sidkenu, is a jealous God. He is a righteously jealous God. Okay? Um, to... To have a righteous jealousy is a difficult thing in this world. There's a lot of examples, and if you want a specific example of righteous jealousy, you are welcome to reach out to me. For the sake of this lesson, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, Just know this. The Bible is very clear when it comes to jealousy. It tells you to lay it aside. There are certain types of jealousy, certain certain reasons, I guess, is, is the word that I should use there, certain reasons for jealousy that are acceptable. But in most cases, you need to lay jealousy aside. But know this, God is a righteously jealous God. And he displays this in at least three ways, probably more, but these are the three big ones. God displays his righteous jealousy for us in his commands. So if you read the Ten Commandments out of the book of Exodus, Exodus, you're going to find that God says this, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. If you have another God before God Almighty, then the wrath of God will be displayed out of his righteous jealousy. All right? God displays his righteous jealousy in action. And this one, this one gets a little bit you know, where where you kind of sit back and you shake your head and say, I can see that. 
Maybe he didn't catch it before. He displays his, his righteous jealousy in action. He steals the show. Okay? Uh, what do I mean by that? I mean this. Sometimes when you, when you get into um, a religious circle, it's really easy to fall into religion. It's really easy to fall into legalism, Phariseeism. And God doesn't want you to fall into religion or legalism or Phariseeism. God wants you serving God. And if you start to serve religion, if you start to serve legalism or Phariseeism, God will steal the show. Okay, uh, God will put on the works. Now, what we don't want to do, we don't want to try it out and say, you know what, um, I'm, I'm going to try religion or I'm going to try legalism and see what God does. Remember, you don't tempt the Lord your God. That's a big no-no. Scripture says it, we abide by it, amen? But know this, when God needs his presence to be known, he will steal the show. It's not about the person behind the pulpit. It's not about the people at the altar. It's about the God of all God, the, the God above every God that sits on a high holy throne the ruler and creator of all things. And he will be sure that it is known. Here's how we know this. The word of God promises us this. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. In order... For every knee to bow and every tongue to confess, folks, I'm here to tell you, he's going to steal the show. It might look like the world is crumbling to bits. It might look like one government is about to take over everything. It might look real bad. But our God will step in and steal the show. Because there will be no one exalted above him. Amen. Finally, God displays his righteous jealousy in choosing us. Scripture says this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you listen into my Sunday sermons... I start each week with the reading of the 23rd Psalm. And depending on which Bible I have in my hand that morning, sometimes I read it from King James, New King James, Christian Standard Bible, New International. It just depends on how I'm, how I'm going to conduct the later portions of the message. But God chooses us. And in, in the closing of the 23rd Psalm, 
in the King James, we read it, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the Christian Standard Bible, it says this, Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all of the days of my life. God's faithful love will pursue us. If you pursue someone in faithful love and they turn away from you, will you experience jealousy? Yes. God is pursuing us, choosing us daily. He stands at the door and knocks, waiting for you to open the door and say, Come in, Lord. He chooses, he chooses to pursue us with faithful love. His name is Jealous God, Kana, Q-A-N-N-A, Kana. God alone is worthy of all things. When I consider a jealous God who chooses to pursue me every day of my life, whether waking or sleeping, hallelujah, can you feel the spirit moving? When I consider a jealous God who chooses to pursue me in faithful love, will stand at the door and knock, give me a command, have no other gods before me, says, go into that city and I'm going to use you and I'm going to steal the show. It's not about you, child. It's about me. This is a faithful jealousy. And the attribute that I want to pair with this name, Kana, the attribute is God's omnipresence. His, his being everywhere at all times. And the reason that those go so well together is because that, that only continues to prove and put on display his righteous jealousy. How precious must your soul be if both God and the devil are after it. And if the devil starts to get you, I'm here to tell you that Kana is on the move to steal the show right in front of your eyes. He's going to win you back because he's everywhere, because he sees every step you take. He sees every breath you breathe. He knows every part of you. He is omnipresent and he is jealous. If you have your Bible, I want to do a brief scripture study here as we bring these lessons to a close. And I want you to open up to the book of Genesis and I want you to go to chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11 is about the Tower of Babel. Mm, hallelujah. 
Genesis chapter 11. We're going to read from verses 1 through 9. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. That's important for us to know. That, that gives us a history lesson. The whole earth spoke the same language. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. And they said to one another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime they had for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they began to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their languages, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because there... The Lord did confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. When we read that, we see how God steals the show. These, these, these people... Every, I, I, I struggle sometimes in my own mind to understand that... Everybody, all people, the whole earth was of one language. Think about how many languages are there that, 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 that there are today. And yet, in, in Genesis, all the way up to Genesis 11, they all spoke one language. Until they made the wrong choice. And so God said, you know what? You're going to try to build a tower to get to heaven. It's not going to work. Here goes nothing. Because it doesn't take a tower to get to heaven. It takes a relationship with God. And, and so we see a jealous God who steals the show. God is worthy of all things. 
And if he's not going to get something that he wants, you better believe his righteous jealousy will very clearly be displayed. The journaling exercise that I want to leave you with for this lesson is this. Lord, show me any area of my life that you want more from me. And I want you to take that very seriously. Um, Ask it with a sincere heart. Lord, what area of my life do you want more out of me? Hallelujah. That's a hard question to ask the Lord. But it goes hand in hand with the last lesson, show me my shortcomings. Because, and frankly, if you take the time and you journal these two together, perhaps what God is going to show you is he wants more out of you in the areas of your shortcomings. And that's difficult. It's a challenge. But this is our God. This is our God. And he will ultimately be praised. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this time that we've spent in your presence. We thank you, Lord God, that we can come and know you Father, as a righteous God, Jehovah Sidkenu, God our righteousness, we thank you, Lord God, that through the blood of your Son, we ourselves are made righteous before you. We praise you, Lord God, because we don't deserve it. And yet your faithful love which pursues us has brought us to this. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are Kana, jealous God to chase after us. Father, when we run and run, knowing that you have good for us, and yet somehow we turn and we go the other direction, still you chase after us with a righteous jealousy and say, no, I have claimed you and you will be mine. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray for each person that's heard these words today, that each one of us would step into your holy presence and know your righteousness and know your jealousy and serve you accordingly. Father, speak to us as we sit in your presence about our shortcomings and speak to us, Lord, as as we enter in about where we can serve you better in our own lives. Where do you want more from us, Lord? Show us, teach us, lead us. We thank you, Father, and we give you praise in the holy name of Jesus. And all God's children said, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful uh, few days. It'll be a couple of days until we meet back here uh, for the next series of lessons. I think we're going to merge lessons 11 and 12 as well as I look at them. Um, they go they go pretty well together as well. And um, that, that'll bring this course to a close. Please, if you have any questions, 
don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm happy to answer questions, happy to help you with journaling, whatever it may be. Um, and I, I'll continue to pray for each one of you, hoping that, uh, hoping and praying that every lesson has only brought you deeper and closer to God Almighty. God bless you. Have a wonderful few days. Uh, enjoy the weather. And we'll meet back here with you. Take care.